Hey everyone, if you'd like your podcast to talk about UFC recaps, zombie games, Welsh cakes, martial arts, life insurance and much more, then this is the show for you. Yay! Hey Gussie, you okay bud? I'm great man, I'm having an awesome day so far. Oh man, me too, I'm excited, like bastard excited. Yeah, cool, let's talk about cool. our good days. Yeah, I yeah, know, I'm, I'm on my second Welsh cake already man, I want to get daytime drunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I got a fast to at least one p.m. So I got I got to wait a bit. Oh, that sucks. I'll have your Welsh cakes too then. Yeah, have my all my cakes, man. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to cheat, um, my insurance company by uh, <laughs> li- literally uh fasting my body for the next two weeks. So when I get my health check at the start of April, I'll be eleven stone and have like a really low everything. Right. Okay. Okay. So they like they basically make your insurance cheaper if you are thinner yeah. or, or lighter. Yes. Yes. And and the the problem was uh, when I first got my test uh, two years ago, my mm-hmm. cholesterol was super high, and they were like, "This is dangerously high for your your body. Uh, we need to put you on a stent." And I was like, "No, no, no. I'm doing a, a a specific diet where I'm taking in a lot of cholesterol, eggs, so forth." I was like, look at all my other readings. They're fine. And they go, yeah, but this cholesterol one. I go, yeah, I know, but I'm doing it on purpose. And they were like, this is terrible. And I go, look, I'll prove it to you. I'll cut out <laughs> eggs. We'll do one of these, another one of these in six months. And I'll prove to you I was doing it on purpose. So I had another one in six months. My cholesterol was right down. They were like, oh, my God, how do you get it down so quick? I was like, I told you. I, I, <laughs> I stopped eating eggs. <laughs> but, but in the insurance, in the insurance claim, because I'm about to change my insurance because I just got a mortgage, uh, basically, like if I die, basically, I pay an extra six quid a month. And if I die, they'll pay off the entire mortgage and Julie gets 50 grand. So I'm like, that's worth doing. Um, but one of the questions was, have you ever had high cholesterol? And I went, yes, but I did it on purpose. They were like, oh, my God, uh, you, you're a risk now. I went, no, 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 no. Like, like my, my result six months later was, was fine. And they go, yeah, but you haven't had a test in 13 months. And I was like, yeah, because of COVID. I was like, if I get another test and do this interview again, Will it make a difference? They're like, yeah. So the first one I get was April 1st. I was like, that gives me two weeks to get my weight down. Right. Okay. Where do you get it tested? You just go to the GP. So I'm with Vitality Insurance. It's one of the reasons why I did it is because they, they, they got me a cheap Garmin watch and they measure my my activities. So basically, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. You start I off bronze and I got the platinum, like their best thing in like the first six months. And, the, and when I did my review, they were like, wow, no one's ever got the platinum that quick. Um, so I just smashed it, and now I'm at platinum. I don't really need to do anything. Like I'm just like I'm always at platinum now. Like it's, it's, I I guess you could go down, but I don't know how they measure that. Um, so you basically get a health check whenever you want for like ten quid, and like I think most people are like really nervous about getting a health check because they'll tell you you're fat or or dying or whatever. But I like doing it because yeah. I'm just like ah yay, you know. Because like fine <laughs> when I first did it because of my high cholesterol, my my vitality age was older than I am. I was thinking I was like. 36 37 at the time and it was saying i was 44 and i was like that's bullshit i was like there's no way i've got a body of a 44 year old but now my vitality age is younger than my my actual age which is awesome right so how do, from a practicality point of view like how do you how do you get your mot do you do you do I it so via, uh, you know you know, um, you know lloyd's uh, pharmacy in Ebervale, opposite where yeah. used to be you just go yeah. there man and no one ever uses the service i've been there twice and i've been the only one there so they pretty much see me straight away it takes about 10 minutes and they give me a printout on the day. Uh, it's so easy, man. It's, it's oh, like, okay. I'm just like, they were like, do you want to go with a different insurance provider? I was like, no, Vitality is awesome. Because like the more okay. I work out, the more they lower my insurance premium. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They do a lot with insurers as well, don't they? Uh, sorry, uh, with employers. Yeah. Um, like I know people that with um, uh, like a lot of sedentary jobs, like IT workers and stuff, they'll get. Um, company incentives, like they'll give them the Garmin and yeah. give them the insurance with it. I think it's great, man, because again, like I think, I, th- I don't know if we talked about this before, but I remember being in Swansea, man, at your house. Uh, mm-hmm. and maybe, maybe I was feeling unwell or something, and I, but I didn't know what was wrong with me. And I was like, I wish there was something that told you what was wrong with you. And now you got that. Like, it's, it's great. The future is awesome. Yeah. 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 Well, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and one of the, the sponsors of that is this company called Whoop. Yeah. That basically, Whoop, Whoop it, yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you know about it. So yeah, basically, like you wear you wear the the watch, um, and it does all the calculations for you. I think by the yeah. sounds of it. it, sounds really good, but it also sounds expensive. Yeah. Well, again, man, this garment was was cheaper because I went through the thing. But like uh, one of the things that started off my day great was I always check my 
my heart rate and uh, my uh, how how long I've slept for and how much deep sleep I've got. Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. I was telling you, man, that I've got to stop drinking like two hours before because, like, not because I feel bad the next day. It's just because my sleep is interrupted and my heart rate elevates sometimes up to ten B BPM more if I drink. Okay. Which which, yeah, I, which yeah, I guess yeah. is normal. But, yeah, it totally makes sense. Yeah, but, but now, if you can avoid it, then yeah. But now my heart rate's down to forty-six BPM resting. Wow, that's good, man. I think mine's mine's about fifty-four, fifty-six, something yeah. like that. So, yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, yeah. And I I bought I talked to you about activity trackers like a while ago, and I ended up buying myself a Huawei one. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Rich has got that. It's really good. I don't love it though, to be honest, because like, I didn't know it, it. It struggles to sync with my phone half the time. It, it's not compatible with Strava, oh, which I yeah. I just bought a year subscription to, and now it's useless to me. Gotcha. So you haven't got a Huawei phone? Uh, no, I've, I use a Samsung phone and a Huawei right. uh, activity oh. band. I didn't know. So, so Richard has both. Like he has the Huawei watch and 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 phone, so it's linked up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Garmin. If I can recommend anyone, Garmin's good because it, it works with my Mac stuff and it works with um. With Strava too, okay. And, uh, and, I might, I might. and the fitness Garmin. Well, obviously, it works with the Garmin like app on your phone as well. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. But like the Huawei Watch doesn't even interact with the Huawei app. Sometimes it says that it can't recognize the oh device, God, yeah. the uh, the particular one. So it's like it's bad. I mean, as a watch, as a wearable, it's absolutely fine. This is mm. like super comfortable and stuff. But I'm not, yeah, my, mine's, I, my, I wouldn't mine's, recommend it. Mine's compatibility with anything, man. That's why I buy Mac everything because I'm just like I know my Mac stuff works with my Mac stuff. Like yeah, yeah. You just yeah. don't have to think about it. So tell me, what else was good about your day? Uh, um, just um, I don't know. Just uh, like I've been uh, <laughs> off work playing PlayStation, um, doing lots of writing again. What, listen to uh, what are you playing? Uh, World War Z or Z? Okay, cool. I World War Z is good, man. It's, um, it's like um, four four player um, co op, end of the world zombie sort of game. It's awesome. Cool, man. I think you, I think you can cross platform it. Um, so like you know the what do they what do the kids call it nowadays? Where they you can have yes. like PlayStation Playstations against um, Xboxes and oh, you know oh, everyone man. plays each other. I, I never got on board with the whole playing online thing. I never never sat right with me. Like I used to love it when no. we used to hook up our Xboxes together in one room and then the other room. Did you ever come over for Halo Night? Yeah, they, yeah, not Halo Night, but I think I played a lot of uh, WWE and stuff. Um, up there. So we used to set I remember one, doing one that. telly in one living room and then the other telly in the other living room and we'd have teams of four on each Halo team. That was fun. Mm. But mm -hmm. I, I never got on with the online stuff. It was like, I, I just, uh, I, I don't know. It's just, for, for me, like, um, how can I put it? Like games is a very personal thing where like, I like to do things in my own time and, and work. Yeah, out yeah I get that. So I don't, I get that. I totally, totally yeah. don't like the pressure of someone going, you're rubbish. I'm like, ah! <laughs> Yeah, it is one of the bugbears for me for games. It's like that. I, I hate it when I need to do something at someone else's pace. I hate missions against the clock. Yeah. I hate missions where you've got to protect a character, the keep worst. them alive. That's the worst. I hate those missions. Yeah. And I generally hate driving games. So they're, they're like my avoidables. Did I, did I talk to you about the, the horror choose your own adventure game that I got for Julie for Christmas? Beyond Dawn, yeah? Yeah, Until Dawn, yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. You, you told me about it, and I've added yeah. it to my list on, um, gotcha. on PlayStation now, but yeah. I've not played it yet. So. I, again, man, don't know, yeah. if, don't know if you think, but as a gaming experience, that was very unique, where um, sometimes the choose-your-adventures are quite limited. Like, you know that, like, your decisions don't really change the plot. But, yeah. But in this one, obviously, like, there's apparently a thousand different endings and possibilities. I haven't done them all. But I really felt like every decision you make would change the game quite substantially. Ah, okay, okay, that's is, good. And, and the fact that it's acted with like real actors like Remy Malek from Bohemian Rhapsody and uh, other people I've seen in other things, uh, and, yep. and it's directed by a film director. Uh, it's it just gorgeous, man. Just just play it like because it looks good. I really want to visit that place. It's great. Yes, that they've made up. Okay, like, I can't believe this place is made up. I mean, I'm not good with scary games. I know, no. like, just completely contradict the fact that I was just playing World War Z, but. Um... Like I started playing Beyond Two Souls with um, yes, yes. Ellen, I, Ellen Page. I started playing that as well, but I didn't get very far. I kind of I gave up when it got creepy. Yeah, <laughs> there's like this part where she has to go like down into a, a this like warehouse and there's like noises and stuff banging, and I was like, yeah, fuck that, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Cool. <laughs> so I pushed it up. And also, she's not Ellen Page anymore, right? It's um, Elliot Page. Yes, that is so weird, man. 
I, it, it came up in the credits of Umbrella Academy, and I was like, hang on, yeah, hang on. So I had to do a Google search. Did you, did you so, enjoy yeah. Umbrella Academy? Oh, man, I love it. Me too. Man. I love it. I, I really um, I watched the first season, and I quite enjoyed it. And in the second season, I loved so much that I went back and watched the whole thing because the second season really made that first season so much better. And there's, there's very few shows that I think have that going for them. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I've only watched both series one one time through, but I can imagine what you're saying is definitely I, I, true. I promise definitely. you, man, the second time around viewing the first season, is it it pays to watch it again, which is crazy. Okay. Because there's not many... There's films like that, but there's not many shows where you watch the first season, you go, like, that was fun. You watch the second season, and I think the second season is better. And then you watch the first season again, and each both viewings made it... Like, every time I've watched it, basically... It's it's become better, which is which is kind of crazy. One compliments the other. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely, definitely. Oh man, that's good. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad we both like it. I thought you'd like it. No man, I, I, I thought it'd be your sort of thing. I love it, man. I think I think I think it's great. I really like the tone, and I'm looking forward to the third season. Um, can I yeah. can I tell you about my uh, awesome morning so far? Yes, please. So so basically, my heart rate was low, which I was chuffed with. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then I had uh, two. I'd, I've got a very busy day to day, like I was telling you. So I had my morning session with my uh, two ladies who do private sessions with me because they find them easier than doing the class. And then I had a mm-hmm. good stretching session with a guy I'm helping to become, he's a runner who wants to be home more flexible. So both those sessions were great. And then um, me and Richard carried on with our stretching program, which I was telling you about the other day. Yeah. And yeah. today I rolled from pancake into full box splits without any pain very easily. Wow. And this is with this like low intensity YouTube tutorial that you found. After you asked me how long it was, I thought it was 15 minutes, but obviously we're recording every session on Zoom. It's like 12 to 13 minutes this, this routine takes. And I've only That's been doing good. it five days, man. And I've and loads of times my yoga people have like said, like, you just get into your um you can get your chest to the floor, you'll just roll forward. Yeah. Right? And they've been saying that to me for years. And because I couldn't get my chest to the floor, I couldn't do it. And then today I got, I was like, right, I did my chest yesterday or two days ago, Wednesday. I was like, I'll just get onto my chest again and see how I feel. And then as my chest there, I just felt my hips very naturally, like no pain at all, just roll over like they've been saying in these YouTube tutorials for years. And then I was sat up in my uh, box splits and I was like, never been able to do that before. And it was just, <laughs> it just felt really easy. That's nice. That's nice. And, and if you've, you've got it now, you can just maintain presumably you just keep going well, with it that's the idea man i mean before when i did the box splits it was so much hard work i was just like man i can't keep doing this hard work because like what i talked to you about about um uh the, you know the amount of pain afterwards you're just like oh my god i feel fatigued i feel like i should give mm-hmm. my legs a rest mm-hmm. whereas i talked to richard about it, obviously i'm using him as my my example b of like are, are you hurting you know are you feeling gains because he, he was asking like is it a placebo effect you know, because like mm-hmm. sometimes you like try something out and you go like, "This is this will fix everything." Blah blah blah. You know, um, <laughs> uh, so like he he said he's noticing uh, big differences as well. Like he can go a lot further. Like okay, so quick story about Richard. He's fifty nine, and obviously like he's only been training with me four years, and over this lockdown he's been doing a lot more stretching. But like with his like pigeon stretch, which is the one where your leg is in front of you ninety degrees and you have to fold over it, his yeah. his heel was coming close to his groin, which is very common. Because it's like an easy way out. Yeah. And I went, man, if, you, yeah. if you're going to improve, you've got to get that leg to 90. And he's like, I can't do it without toppling. So I told him to like stack his hip up on like two yoga blocks. Yep. I think, man, he, yep. Started, yep. he started the week on two yoga blocks. And now after like five days of stretching, he's down like to a cushion. Yeah. It's yeah. good, man. So I mean, uh, yeah. I, I mean, it, it just to kind of give, give a background to it. I like, well, what what was Richard like before he started training tanks though? Because he he strikes me as like he's always been a fairly fit guy. No, he looks man. like he's always no. looked after himself. He was like five he not? He five stone overweight man. Like that was like so he started with me twenty sixteen, and there's a photo mm-hmm. of him like twenty fifteen, like three stone overweight. And I think from twenty fifteen to twenty sixteen he started running and got some of the weight off. Right. Okay. But he was a lot okay. bigger, like 14, 15 stone, and now he's twelve stone. He's lost like three stones since training with me. That's good, man. I mean, how is that for inspirational as well? Like a guy who gets to like his, you know, early early to mid fifties and decides to make physical lifestyle changes, and like you know, now he's he's doing things that not many fifty or fifty somethings 
can do, approaching 60 even. Well, I'd, I'd say he's one of the fittest people in my class. I don't know many people in my class that are as fit as him. Yeah, man, credit where it's due. That's no, it's great, man. But also, like, he's not getting injured either. Like, you know, he's, like, taking care of himself. He's Yeah, he, yeah. He's doing a lot. Like, what's really nice is he's doing his own research. So his big thing is, like, breathing. So I don't know how much okay. he's gone into this, but he tries to, when he's training with me, he only breathes through his nose. He doesn't even, like, I breathe through my nose, but I usually breathe out through my mouth. And, yep. then, and then, like, yep. a year ago, I looked into it and, like, simple exercise, like jumping jacks and stuff. I just breathe through my nose and yoga and stuff. But now, like, he'll do entire classes with me with his mouth taped shut, and he sleeps with his mouth taped shut as well. Really? Yeah, to force himself to breathe through sleeps the nose. Sleeps with his mouth yeah. taped shut. So, I, like, what if he gets congested and just... Uh, man, you know. you, 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 the tape isn't that strong, man. Like you, you, you'll, you'll just, you'll just part your lips. But it's just, right, it's just right, stabilizes right. on a bike. But he goes like main. The main problems with health in the UK is mouth breathers. Like people who are mouth breathers, they've got all the health problems. And it changes the, it changes the shape of your jaw as well. Yes. Like if you just, yes. if you just, okay. if you're just breathing through your nose, you'd have a, like a very defined. Like the only way I can describe it is like a DC a chin structure a very strong jawline yeah yeah the pe- okay the people the reason people have weak jawlines and, and all these health conditions is because they mouth breathe and it's that's interesting and especially when they sleep again man i won't butcher it because there's podcasts out there that go into way more detail but what i love about it man he does his own research and then i talk to him about it i'd like to know where he's getting it from i'm not i'm not saying it's bullshit or anything but oh, like Pat- it's, patrick it's patrick McEwen is his main guy um, I listened to another guy on Rogan's podcast, like always, I sort of found out, find out everything. And then he kind of ran with yeah. it. And it's Patrick McEwen from Ireland. Uh, he says, he says, chief, like that. And, um, <laughs> and he, 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 he's a pioneer of it. So he does a lot of stuff. I, I find him quite hard to listen to. So there's other guys, but there's a whole movement in it, man. And it, it, the science is out there. It proves that your, your performance will be better. So it's, it's great that he does his own research and he listens to his own podcast, like yourself, so that me and him get together and have discussions about it. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll try and incorporate this into my training. It's, it's wonderful, man. I, I just, I just, yeah, sharing ideas. Well, again, again, it's like, it's like this, this thing I was saying the other day about, you know, with me, with my martial arts, people ask me all the time, like, how long is it taking you to do blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, well, I've been training 20 years. It's a lot of trial and error. And I said, like, I'm just helping you out. So, Rich is a classic example of like someone um, who's, who's improved way quicker because I've made all the mistakes previously for him. Yeah. 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 yeah, But then then, like, I'm still learning about stuff all the time and and it's nice to have these discussions. Again, it's why why we did the stretching experiment. So that's, that's basically my good day. I like it. I like the sound of it. Cool, man. Let's, let's, (laughs) that's good. Oh, let's talk UFC. Totally. Let's uh, talk UFC 100%. Um, so do you want to, <laughs> you want to start at the top or the bottom? Uh, well, let me give a bit of backdrop to like how me and you gave, um, gave a love for UFC. Like, so my brother got me into UFC around 2011 mm-hmm. and, uh, John Jones was my in because up until then I hadn't seen any great kickers, obviously from Tankstore, I'm a great lover of kicks. I hadn't seen much good kicking and then all the good kickers would get wrestled to the floor and. And I just, I just thought it was like, I didn't see, I didn't appreciate the beauty of the ground game. Let's just say that, which is what most people's problem is with getting into Yeah, action. it's from from a spectator's point of view, the grappling side of MMA is and definitely then, the the hard the harder watch to get into for sure. And then early John Jones, he could he would kick and jump and spin, and I loved all the crazy stuff. And then he would um, take people to the floor. And then he would, it wouldn't just be a stalemate. He'd be like looking for positions and out wrestling them and use his long limbs. And basically I was like, I was like, this is, this is, I find this interesting. And then obviously I watched all the UFCs and got into it. And then when did you get into it? So I'm kind of, um, my, my relationship with UFC is, is kind of similar to my relationship with Tang Sudo actually, because I, I, I was into it like a long time ago. I remember my cousin who lived in Blenavon, um, had UFC one on, on VHS. Mm -hmm. And I watched it a lot. Um, and then when I was like in uni, I took the the VHS with me and like I just like put it on in house parties and stuff. Um, just, um, you know, just because really. But then when I was in uni in that sort of middle phase, I I lost touch with it. So like the, the, the biggest um, champions of the modern era 
I kind of missed out on like the the, the GSP years. Yeah. I didn't see them. I didn't see them firsthand. Okay. I didn't see um, John Jones like begin his career. So like I I only um, properly got into it, you know, deep like I am now, probably in about 2015, 2016. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So like I I'd missed I'd missed a lot of that sort of middle era stuff, which. Um, kind of set set the foundations for the like the modern game now. And like you said about the you know the, the kickers would always eventually lose to the grapplers and stuff it's because obviously the game hadn't evolved at then. They they were they were a lot more specialized in either direction. Uh, again, I, I just I just say you probably got onto it at the right time because the, the the kicking aspect came through a lot more, and you started to see more like hybrid guys who could do everything. And to me, they just made the fights uh, way more entertaining because they wouldn't be so many stalemates and it was yeah i, I, I yes. just i just think it was a, 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 always a good time to get into anything but again the, the recent aim especially from guys like us who've been going for years like you know fun snap kicks work um side kicks work uh, spinning hook kicks work it's, it's really nice to be, see those um be again it's still evolving all the time but it's, it's great to see it really really come about yeah definitely i mean you, you can't you can't listen to a conversation about MMA anymore without like the, the calf kick conversation. Yeah. That's like the thing that's evolved the most or, you know, seems to be, it's like one single kick has changed the game in terms of all the strategies and all the training and the, um, you know, the outcomes of fights that would have been different. Yeah. It's like when, when um, Poirier was beating McGregor, uh, you know, when he started taking it on from him, I, l- I looked at them and I was like, what if he fucking finishes him with calf kicks? That would be insane. And like he as good as did do that, Really, because that's that's that was the, the beginning of the end for him, wasn't it? Yeah, man. And and what's yeah? It, 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 so so basically, just just to explain, like they used to kick to the the lower leg and to the the thigh, and you kick to the inside of the thigh, and they all sucked. But this calf kick is kind of like it's a it's a game changer because like I used to watch UFC and go like how how are they taking these shots like like shot after shot? I'd be like they, they're still standing. Like this doesn't mm-hmm. make sense and. Uh, again, like I've learned more now and realized that you have to hit someone like pretty sweet to like knock them out or do serious damage when they're conditioned and adrenaline's going. But it's it's so nice to see that the body still has a, a weakness. And it's so funny because like it's like the Achilles heel of the fighter. They're actually kicking them in the Achilles yeah. and, and yeah. taking them out. Yeah. So that's, that's quite funny. Um, so it's hard. I, one of the first times I saw it, we'll, we'll yeah. move on for it, but one of the first um, like game-changing calf kicks I'd ever seen was um, when Brent Primus did it against Michael Chandler and Bellator. Did you see that one? His, his foot, he like literally had jelly at the I end of his I, leg. He couldn't stand on it. I think i highlights of it, but I haven't seen the whole fight. I'm not, I'm not, oh, man. Cool. And like, obviously, we know Chandler's a yes. beast, but like, he, he was powerless. It was unbelievable. It's great, man. It's, it's great to have game changes in fights because I think that's what, to me, makes UFC so exciting is because there are no foregone conclusions. Like, every fight, because there's so many different ways to win, um, there, there can be so many surprises, and again, that's what we're going to talk about uh, today. So I'll, I'll set the scene. Basically, there was a championship fight for the bantamweight title, which is 135 pounds, which is almost 10, 10 stone. And the guy who was champion, Peter Yan from Russia, has uh, he's beaten everyone in the UFC, right? No one's beaten him in the UFC. Yeah, undefeated, undefeated. undefeated and yeah, he's got a style. If I can explain it, where he just keeps pushing forward and he seems to gain momentum. And as fighters usually get tired towards it, his pace seems to pick up and he gets to like this ramp up of 10 by the third round and he doesn't slow down. And he's a good wrestler. He classes himself as a boxer, but he's just a tough, mean looking Russian. Like he just. He's got a goddamn nasty streak in him. And then you have the opposite <laughs> going back to the John Jones comparison like when when Aljamain Sterling first came onto the the, the scene he's the challenger he, he, everyone was calling him like the the bantamweight John Jones like and he was a very funky wrestler who also had a black belt under Matt Serra who's Henzo Gracie jiu-jitsu so he can wrestle mm-hmm. he's got a very funky like weird kind of wrestling style good at scrambles but he he couldn't really strike and he had a lot of like I would say like hard lessons going up like he'd, he'd go on a win streak and then someone like oh my god i forgot misha tate's uh brian caraway beat him he, he, yeah. he had some really yeah. like tough losses that set him back and then his, his striking got mm-hmm. better he started to kick more he started to punch more 
and then he just started like steamrolling guys to this this title. Am I, am I, am I yes. Right? Yeah. I mean, it, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, his his the most surprising thing. Well, it, it's surprising in the build-up to it, but not when you look at the fight. It was like how he um, just went through Corey Sandhagen, yeah. who's like one of the guys I respect most in the division. Yeah, I just listened to But he just like subbed him in, in the first few minutes I, of the I, round. I just listened to a podcast with him, and he says a lot of good things about Aljamain Sterling and the way he came in. So uh, just, just to go back, because yeah. I don't think we really talked about it, how did you feel like the fight was going to go beforehand? Beforehand, I like yeah, the 100%. Yeah, yeah. I... I, I I think like with 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 Aljo, Stirl, Aljamain Sterling, there's I think there's a bit of a like a recency effect on him because yeah the last couple of fights he's looked good and he's definitely improved his game but there was like there was a good run of fights before that where he looked distinctly average. Oh, yeah. I I, I um, agree so too. Like he 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 definitely was finding his game, but he was getting better and better. Whereas I say Peter Young yeah. was more like he's been the, his finished product for a while. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he was. He, yeah, finished article. And I, definitely. And, and again, you look at like as good as guys are. You look at their weaknesses. You look at like, like you you look at how good Aljo would be, but you'd still see like, well, he's still got these these holes. Whereas if like he can't get your back, uh, he, he he can like for example, he can get tired or he can run out of ideas. But Peter Yan, you're like, I just haven't seen any weaknesses in this guy. Like, it's, it's like, yeah. like again, like he yeah. could be out wrestled, but I haven't seen it. He could be outstruck, but I haven't seen it. You know, like there are all these things like. He could be knocked out, but I haven't seen. Yeah. There's so many things you haven't seen. So I was definitely picking uh, Peter Yarn to take him to the fourth round, and then uh, and then uh, take take him out. Finish. So basically, for those of you who haven't yeah. seen the fight, Aljo is trying a lot of stuff, and he's going at a, a breakneck pace to to stop Peter Yarn getting on his game, and he's really uh, trying hard. But the commentary team are kind of saying like he's ta- kind of like a bit too excited. And he needs to calm down a bit because he will run out of gas. And then that's how it yeah. was going. Like uh, I think like Peter Yarn's like stuff like fourteen of his takedowns, but then Peter Yarn was taking him down. So so uh, like uh, Aljo like quickly realized he couldn't take him down, and he was running out of ideas. And he was still doing okay the third round, but he was getting absolutely beat up in the fourth round. And then out of nowhere. <laughs> He's like, so I'll try and remember this correctly. Please correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, go for like, it. So it's illegal in, in MMA to knee someone while they're on the floor and they have their hands and legs down on the floor. But if their hands and knees are off the floor, you can knee them. And there's a bunch of variations with the rules in different states, but it can be confusing. Like, but they, they have like an instant yes. replay to make sure it's right. So the referee actually warns him and says he's got his hands down. in real time this is in live real time he says whilst they're fighting he's a downed opponent he's a downed opponent you can't knee him him. so the ref sees how like easy this knee will be for peter peter obviously sees how easy this knee is and i don't know if he like thought he lifted him up off the floor because you can't tell from that angle that's the other problem when you're above someone you can't tell if their knees are on the floor or off the floor um, but he definitely grabs him and he knees him full in the face. And basically what happened was that because um, Aljo had taken so much damage across the fight, obviously, but especially in that fourth round, um, because he'd been kneed full on in the face, like absolute, like I'm surprised he didn't knock him out with it. Um, they, they stopped the fight yeah. and it's an illegal knee. So he's, he's basically, it's a really weird thing. If Aljo can continue, the fight would continue and like Peter would get like a point or two deducted. Is that how it works? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on ref's discretion, they would take either one or two points. If Aljo can't continue, Peter Yarn is disqualified and then Aljo gets the title. Now, have you seen, uh, Kusa, have you seen the the Creed 2 film? Not the second. No. I don't want to spoil anything for you, but it's a very similar situation in that film. It's right. It's oh, okay. right at the start. So okay. it's only it's only yeah. mine. I won't give anything more away for those who haven't seen it. But basically, my sure. my point is this. This is what I wanted to talk about. Um, like so, in other fights, there have been other injured opponents. Like so, um, another guy, Anthony Smith, talked about John Jones again. He was injured and he yep. was legally. What what happened to him? Like he he had an injury where he could have he could have tapped out. He could have. 
Yeah, uh, I, I can't remember the offence from John Jones, but it was it was again it was another illegal yeah. move um, that um, Anthony Smith chose yeah. to continue the fight and obviously ended up yeah, losing but he on points. Could have said, "I'm too injured to go on." Um, I won the belt, won the belt. But he didn't. He lost the belt, and he hasn't been the same since. Like he had a hell of a run, and then John Jones basically yes um, uh, finished him off, changed, changed him. Yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. So basically, Aljo takes the title, yeah. and now he's got it. And it's like it's like. Like what I want to ask you is what you would do in that situation. Like, would you, yeah. if you were Aljo? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's another, there's another um, crinkle to that as well. So, did you hear that Jan looked over to his cone, yeah, to his corner? Yeah, at the I, time. I didn't, I didn't really know what happened there. I'd heard that he asked for corner advice, but I didn't really know what happened. So, it, yeah. Well, again, live, real time during the fight, he sees Aljo, who's like kneeling down in a like a vulnerable position, ready like tee, teeing up to be hit Jan looks to his corner really quickly and he says is he down and his corner go knee him so he hits him that's why he does it he, his corner gives him like real time advice to, to go through with the that knee that is terrible insane right but I mean the question for me is I've, obviously I've never been in a UFC fight or anything but how can a guy who we're calling the finished article need to look at his corner to work out whether he should choose a technique because, or because not? Because it's, it's, it's a thing, man. And again, like in the heat of a moment in a fight, in a fourth round, like you hear fighters go like, I can't even remember that third round. You know, like as good as you are, you're locked yeah. in on hurting the person. And again, like if it's that idea of like, if he smells blood as well, if he thinks he's over with, he's like, I can finish this right now. Just give me the go ahead. I'll finish it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're seeing it as a positive attribute, no, but I'm, I'm just I'm kind not, of, I'm not I'm saying thinking... it's positive. I'm just saying that there are fighters out there who do not know what they're doing because they're so locked in. It's like, it's like you know this, man. Adrenaline can be the greatest thing because you can have an injury and adrenaline um, stops you from getting yeah, you through. Gets but you also, through. the same thing when your adrenaline's pumping, when you're in the hit the moment, you can hit someone. Like when we're free sparring, we don't hit the to hurt but like when we're all fired up and that you can hit someone like mean not to hurt them and crack them really hard yeah yeah it also clouds your thinking so, your judgment so oh yeah i suppose again I, man i, I see it point from on that. both sides man i'm like 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 why take the risk when you're winning the fight anyway um yeah well i'm gonna kind of bounce the answer back to aljo actually because did you see one one of his um post-match uh like i like the day after i think he put it out maybe monday or tuesday actually where he was basically saying um, the thoughts that were going through his head at the time. And he was like thinking, it's, if, if, if I lose this fight, then I'm, I've got like another two years and maybe like another five fights that I have to win to get mm -hmm. a title shot again. He's thinking, um, you know, I don't feel great. I am losing this fight. And I, you know, if I get back up, there's a good chance I'll lose. So he, he had all these thoughts going through his brain. Um, I mean, for me, I don't think there's a wrong way. I think I, I don't. I certainly don't blame him for taking it because he has. You know, he's been in the UFC for years and years and years. Like you're saying, this is his first title shot. For me, it's the um, the way he's handled it afterwards. Like, I definitely wouldn't have given the post-fight interview with Rogan. I think he should have just yeah. taken the belt. You know, everyone everyone knew the message was you know okay, you're the champ, but you didn't win the belt. Well, Jan also, lost the belt. Also, Rogan's going to bet so, against his word because he said in interviews, I'm not going to interview guys who've been knocked out. So, so he's I know, in an right. awkward position because yeah. he's been knocked out. Essentially, he's been knocked out because he can't continue. That's a technical knockout, right? So he shouldn't have interviewed him yeah. because, like, again, you don't know what you're saying. I saw his interview on the night because I want to know what he was saying. And he said he thought it was close. But I think he's watched it back now or realized that it wasn't close. He's gonna he was going to lose. That so, fight. so my um, analogy with this was—I I don't know if I talked about this years ago, but last time I was in the world, 2014, I knocked out a guy. Um, man, and again, you watch the footage. This guy was falling over the floor. He was just like a complete idiot. I was like two points up or whatever. I should have just stayed away. The guy mm -hmm. fell over as I was doing a 360 kick. So I roundhoused over him. I was like, "Where's he gone?" And then the top of my foot. Hit right. his head as he was coming up and then he bounced off the floor again so the judges oh God, were like right, okay. we don't know what to do yeah he couldn't continue so i was disqualified and he automatically got third place and then and then i was like so annoyed right. because obviously like it was it was so expensive to go to america and i wanted to go over there to get like grand champ 
And then the guy like wanted to have a photo with mm-hmm. me. And I was like, man, you should be giving me that third place. Like if you had any, any real sense of it, like decorum, you, you decorum. Like, oh man, like I yeah. was third, but like, it's yours, man. You, you won the fight. I was, I was acting like an idiot, but he didn't mind. He wanted to have his photo taken with me. And I couldn't help but think of like that situation. I was like, I was like, I was like, man, like, but like, I don't know what I would do in that situation because, um, again, I've had it the other way around. I've had two, I've had a guy not be able to continue because again, he fell over. I didn't touch him. Mm-hmm. He fell over fighting me. He couldn't continue. I went to the next round and I'm just like, okay. That, yeah. yeah seen, you've I've seen it both, both ways. ways. So again, yeah. it's on a very small level compared to UFC. But again, man, it's, it's, it's so interesting because in many ways, uh, and this is go back to the Creed two thing it makes extra drama with their rematch. Now, now, now yes, my podcast, yeah, my, yeah. Um, my Care Don't Care one, said that Jan shouldn't get an immediate rematch uh, because he, he, he did an illegal move and a disqualification. So they were like, Peter Jan should have to fight one more time and Corey Samhagen should re- rematch Aljo uh, for the title. What do you think about that? Mm, that's a good question. I haven't heard that post before. Because I was thinking, I was thinking um, of immediate rematch. I, but like from what they said, I'm like, yeah, he, yeah. Did, he did do an illegal move, and he should be like punished for it. So, um, so we're saying, you know, just pretending we're saying potentially Sandhagen gets another crack. I mean, he's he's only one fight removed no, from the, his loss to. Uh, oh no, two, two fights. Two chaos. fights. Yeah. What yeah. about this? What about Yarn versus TJ? And then um, and Aljo versus uh, Corey Sanhagen. I hear they've already made the um, Sanhagen oh, oh, TJ oh, fight. Have they? Okay, that's cool. Then it pro- I think it pro- so. What well, probably I think will be so, Aljo yeah. versus, uh, versus Jan in an immediate rematch. Then I, again, yeah. I'm I'm excited for it, but I just think yeah. Jan's going to win. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I I I mean, he's still. I I'm trying to think of it from Aljo's point of view, right? Just to give the guy some uh, some credit. I feel sorry for him because he's holding the belt and he's not going to feel like he's well, he, the champ at the moment. He's not going to feel like he's um, the champ because he was losing that fight decisively everywhere. He was losing in yeah. the striking and he was losing in the wrestling. Yeah. And when it went to the yeah. floor, he, he couldn't yeah. get his back. So, yeah. again, yeah. Like, he's always improving. But I don't think that fight's going to be any different the second time round. Like, just Peter Jan's just going to be like, he's not going to no. ask his corner for advice anymore. I, I can't. I can't see Aljo being able to make enough adjustments to be on Jan's level over so, a five-round fight again. So he was most not, effective not when he was busiest in the early rounds, but he can't keep that up, and it mm-hmm. wasn't as effective as he hoped. Does that make sense? Like you, you could argue that like one, one yeah, judge yeah, of course, said yeah. that he was up on the scorecards because he won the first two rounds, but like no one was giving him that fourth round. Nah, nah. I mean, yeah, he might have been wi- winning on 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 volume and um, like octagon control, maybe. But he, like like you said earlier, and like the commentator said, he was doing too much, and he was slipping. All, yeah. He was tripping over his own feet. He was just like massively uncontrolled. And Jan, just like you said, get getting better as the rounds well, go on. He was just gonna. Again, you could so, see it so unfolding. My, my point is that if he changes his style and is less busy and less chaotic. He still doesn't beat. He still doesn't beat. He, he, yes, he's got less of a chance. So, yeah, so yeah he's got less of a chance. It, it makes it makes yeah. the drama interesting. Like again, like I'll watch the fight because the first fight was was tons of fun up until that point. I think it's an interesting thing. It's 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 really gutting. Like I feel gutted for Jan because like again, like I think that he he couldn't make the decision. He turned to his corner and goes like, I don't know what to do. What should I do? Which is what your corner's there for. And is he in my yeah. Well, they I gave him a bad shout. Again, like the, the the there's a real pressure to. I think there's more of a pressure now than ever in the UFC for for people to finish people. Like you said about GSP, once he got his title, he never finished anyone, not one yeah. person, but he's still considered one yes. of the greatest. Yeah. And and now that's not that's not seen as the same way. It's like, especially if you're winning a fight and you coast, mm-hmm. it, it's almost like. Uh, like not good enough, or I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know what the point is, but but there's there's such a there's such a win to get like a highlight finish, like a Corey Sanhagen. His last two finishes are amazing. Yeah. That's just like everyone's now like he's the great, even though like you thought he was the greatest before because he's got those two finishes. He's he's the best. Yeah, 
yeah everyone's high on him now yeah i mean look at um like just just like a, a, a like half a generation after gsp when tyron woodley went on his um, like belt defense i think people hated him hated him but like how else do you beat Damian Meyer? You don't. You don't want to go on the on the ground with I, Damian Meyer. You don't want to. You don't want to strike with. Um, okay, Wonderboy. so like, let's take let's take a common thing. I think the way that Rory and Rory fought both those guys, Damian Meyer and and Steve, even though he mm-hmm. lost to Wonderboy Thompson, I think the way that he he won those fights was more a way of fighting that people can sort of relate to than yeah. Tyron Woodley's like complete disengagement. Yeah. It was like one of the things that I found, like, I know you don't like Usman, but when Usman walked him down and just said, if you're going to back up, I'm going to back you up. I was so, yeah. I was so like, yes. Yes. You know, you're not, you're not scared of his power. He took it to I mean, him. It, it goes to, yeah. I guess, Damian Meyer and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson that they weren't willing to be engaged in the fire as well. They, they could have changed their attitude and gave him the fight mm-hmm. that Usman did. But again, it wasn't their style. So again, man, it's like they always say, styles make fights. And and and, and for me, like truly like the best yeah. fighters are the ones that are willing to put themselves into danger and go go anywhere with the fight, which is why, you know, like people, people like, people to, like Tony to, Ferguson yeah, are my favorite yeah, yeah. fighters because he's like, oh, you want to fight me on the floor? I'll fight you on the floor. You want to fight me standing? I'll fight you standing. They're my favorite fighters because that is the real attitude. If someone's yeah. got something... Like um, you wouldn't call it a gimmick, but like a a strategy that's it's their winning formula. For me, they're like the the one button person on a computer game. Yes, this combo yeah. works. Like if you're Dalsy yeah. and you've got the long arms, you just punch out <laughs> from across the screen. Yeah, but, just keep uh, your distance. Again, like, just, <laughs> how could I put it? It's, I have the most respect for people who who like Peter Yan. They're like, yeah, you want to wrestle me? I'll have wrestle. You want to strike me? I'll have strike you. I have so much respect for those fighters because I know it's so hard to to change your fighting style and to be good at multiple disciplines. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. right. Let, let me ask you a question. Where do you want to go with it? Do you want to talk about um, the rest of 259, like Amanda Nunes and Jan Blahovitz, or do you want to talk about the potential for, for this coming Saturday? So that's um, Leon Edwards against Bilal Muhammad. Bilal Muhammad fight. I mean, I'll watch it and I'll probably enjoy it, but I don't, I don't really care about either of those fighters. No, okay. man, I mean, you're not I, loving it. Okay, so like my quick take on um, on Amanda Nunes is I I love the fact that she is the first openly gay champion. Um, she uh, mm-hmm. is a really nice person and she hits like an absolute beast. And I, I think I told you about this, yes. but I love the story about her and uh, Nina Ansaroff got together. She said, she can take my punches, so I'll go out with her. I love that. It's so sick and twisted and sweet. <laughs> That's how like, you find because, yourself because a girl. To me, like, <laughs> like, how, how can I put it? And you'll know this, man, from sparring against girls. It's like, when I spar against a girl, doesn't matter how good she is, I take it easy on her. There's only one girl I've ever fought where I've gone like hell for leather. Like, this girl is going to be okay if I kick her. And that's Leisha Zambrelli. She is like, the toughest girl I've ever fought, but I would proper kick her. She would okay. like do a cartwheel out of it and come straight back at me. And I was like, okay, this is how she wants to fight. I'm happy to, but do you have that when you fight like a girl, no matter how good they are, you're just like, I need to be careful. I don't hurt this person. Oh, hell yeah. hundred percent. I, 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 well, I've had fights like that loads where, um, you know, especially when you fight the, like the, the best, the best black belts, you know, some of the female black belts in Britain are yeah. absolutely outstanding martial artists. And, um, you know, I'd, I, I wouldn't go full thought. I got kicked. I took, I took lots of kicks, so I didn't have to, uh, you know, and that's not to say that if I just at the drop of a hat, if I chose to, I could, I could contact them every time, but, um, I, my, my intensity was lower. I, not, I didn't want to connect with friend. anything. It's not the same to be honest. A guy. You don't feel comfortable the same way you feel comfortable. Like, like, obviously, Obviously, you don't want to hurt anyone. Oh, like, hell no. If I give this guy no, a whack, no, it's no. not going to be the end of the world. So they said about that, and I never really thought about it before in MMA gyms. There goes, guys spar the girls, but probably just like us, they're not comfortable hitting those girls as hard as they hit the guys, most likely. And they said, yes. and they said with Nunez, yeah. she hits like a guy. Like she hits so hard that girls aren't used to it because yeah. like, the first time Megan got hit, you just saw this look in her eyes of going, Oh my God, I've never been. Well, hit that's like never this happened before. before. Yeah. I mean, she, 
Yeah. And they all do. Cyborg was the same. Cyborg was walking through women for decades oh. and then like Nunes so, connected once. So she check was like, this, out. Oh, this is the level of difference. Level. I have so much respect for Amanda. Like Holly Holmes, multiple boxing champion and UFC champion. So she knows how to hit. Mm-hmm. Holly Holm took Megan to the floor because she didn't want to strike with her. Yeah. It's crazy, right? Yes. When you, when you... Yeah, yeah. But she knew like, she knew it was the right game plan again, um, like, because so, of the so, length but, and stuff. Like but... Amanda could have done the same, but she, well, she did end up taking it to the floor. But every time she hit mm-hmm. Megan, Megan's eyes just went, "Oh my god, this sucks!" And and the same when Amanda hit Ronda. Yeah. Like the first time she hit Ronda, Ronda just went, "Wow, I've never been hit like this before." And I think uh... it's a lot to do with like being in the gym, never being hit like really hard. Yeah, and it's the, it's how broad her shoulders are, man. Her yep. shoulders are so broad. Yeah, she's way bigger. Man. She's bigger than me for way sure. Bigger. Hundred yeah, percent bigger like, than I, me. I, I can yeah. work out. Like Corey Sandhagen, like said, he's like a hundred, almost one hundred and sixty pounds at the moment. He's like the same weight as me, and he cuts down the band weight, and he's the same height as me. I think as well. He's like five eleven. Yeah, I'm just like that's crazy. Um, and yeah, and then the Jan uh, Alessania fight. I love how humble Jan is. I love that he's like almost forty. He's had a really like sort of like slow rise in the UFC. Like he's never been like a, a highlight poster boy for the UFC and I love how well he's yeah. doing. I thought they were thrown into the wolves um with uh with Adesanya and I too thought that Jan was gonna get frustrated, blitz Adesanya and then a two twenty five guy who's gonna walk forward and Adesanya would catch him. Like like everyone else I thought they were setting him up to fail. Yeah. I love the fact that he was so patient. He was annoying yep. Adesanya. So Adesanya had to change his game and start hitting Jan. He was hurting Jan. And Jan went, these suck. I'm going to take you to the ground and, and see how you like it. Have a 225. Yeah. I still think that Adesanya might have won the first three rounds. So I'm not sure how Jan won. But like definitely that strategy of like taking him to the floor and holding him down. I have so much respect for that because he just suddenly went, hang on. I don't have to be punched by you. I can just take you to the floor. So I'm so I'm so happy for you <laughs> and cold you there. So here's a question. So here's a question for you. Um, you know that uh, for for the the last two rounds, two judges well, um, gave a ten eight round on there. So right. yeah, he got a ten eight on him. So no, I mean no, it didn't look like a ten eight round to me. Not, like, no, like the so for me the perfect ten eight round is where um, Shane Khan wins over Brock Lesnar just beating crap out of him and you think the fight's going to be stopped or like Frank Edgar getting almost like knocked out. That to me is like a 10-8 is like someone holding down and absolutely yeah. just being on top of someone. I mean, he didn't hurt Adesanya on the floor, did he? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, to, to, to what you were saying, really a 10-8 is, yeah. is control, control and damage. Yeah. If it, if, if it's just is. control, you're looking at a 10-9. Yeah, control is, oh, that's I, what I, I would say. To me now. I didn't really watch the results because I knew, I knew, uh, I, I just in my head, I just knew Jan would have won, but that makes total sense to me. So, what do you think of it? Mm. Um, much the same as what you said, really. I mean, I, 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 th- I think, um, I think it, it, the, the difference in size was evident. You know, in terms of the weight, you, you could see that Adesanya was, wasn't a light heavyweight. There, he's a big guy. He's a big middleweight, but. He he just doesn't have that extra body well, weight. I don't think, I don't think he's a big middleweight because a lot of middleweights like, um, like Luke Rockhold, Chris Weidman, they'll cut over twenty pounds to get down, and he didn't even like. I think he was like nine, like under two hundred pounds before the weigh-in. So that's why he was like joking about the pizza, like he had to eat loads of food so he got heavier. <laughs> At the bulk to a weight class, yeah, 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 maybe so. Then I mean, either way, the the, the point is that yeah, he he looked but, small okay, so, compared to Jan for sure. How can I put it? So Adesanya is a guy where he's got his fighting style down, which is to to counter. And what he does, he doesn't counter the jab. He counters the second punch. That's his whole thing, right? So Jan has mm-hmm. a really educated jab. That's what, one of his best things. So he really frustrated Adesanya uh, with with just throwing the jab and like throwing off his timing. So my complaint with Adesanya, like, well, it's not a complaint because he did change his style. But if he just like went a halfway zone of like mixing up his his um, kicks and strikes and was busier, I think he would have beat Jan. But he's not willing to change his fighting style because he knows what he does yeah. works. Well, yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, twenty and zero and like yeah. seventy five and yeah. one in kickboxing but, or whatever his record is. So yeah, the vast majority really of the time, think, think what he does works. If 
how can I put it? He didn't underestimate Jan at all. But if he if he'd have went in there going like I'm gonna be way busier than Jan and just like move around and like and like basically like just keep striking, keep striking, keep striking. Yes, I think um, Jan would have tried to wrestle earlier, and I think Izzy wouldn't have been so tired. Yes, but I'm yeah, so, I think I'm, that's, I'm so that's happy definitely a good Jan. point. I think absolutely I think it's a great story. I think that he's a way better champion than Adesanya because I I don't really like Adesanya's bravado. I don't, I don't know. Again, like you know, like you said, Usman rubs mm-hmm. you the wrong way. Mm-hmm. I, I like Adesanya as a fighter, but when he talks in interviews and the, the way he moves about and stuff, I just go, you're, you're, you're a show-off. Your whole thing is like that you know you're better than everyone there. Whereas Jan's like, like yeah. he's going to try and knock me out. I'll try and knock him out. We'll see what happens. I, lo- I, love, I love that way. Yeah, more. yeah, yeah. He just totally, has like a yeah. big, cuddly bear. Like, it's like... Like it, like he'd be a perfect like if they if they cast a Polish like Thundercats movie he'd be a great Lino he'd be like the best Polish Lino ever I can totally see that <laughs> yeah can you can you do that could, could I'm putting you on the spot now but could you cast an entire Polish Thundercats so you'd have it wouldn't be it'd be Eastern me? European so what's his face Ilya Latifi he'd be Panthro you you have. You, you'd have right, yes, uh, what's yeah. his, so Alexander Gustafsson as Tigra because he's like long and lean, yeah. And then, um, she's <laughs> okay, a bit small. yeah, go on. You'd, yeah. you'd have uh, Shevchenko as Chitara, and then, and then, yeah, surely, who yeah. could be who's a really little yeah. person to be snarf? Yeah, I was just thinking of a snarf, who's I snarf? Like, I, can't, I can't be that cruel <laughs> to anyone. <laughs> and Peter Dinklage is as snarf, he's not even an <laughs> MMA fighter. But um, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, David Timmer, could you come oh, in? I, I know I, I he's not a small guy, but he's just the, smaller than the rest of who's them. Who's Mr. Fantastic? Um, wrestler guy from Finland. I'd make him snarf because I, I hate him. Oh, you know um, what I'm is it? Oh, is I'd it make a, him am, snarf. Amir Makwani, is that him? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I mean, who exactly. calls himself yeah, Mr. Fantastic? That's my, that's my Eastern European slash Russian uh, Thundercats view. I would watch the hell out of that movie. <laughs> Me too. That's a good Me place too. to finish it. Yeah, coming soon. Yeah, let's wrap it up, bud. Uh, um, that's again, fine. Man, We're yeah, going to do another I'm one soon, yeah? happy to talk about anything. we still got to talk about school days and the difference between Nanti Go and Primo. So that's a good one to talk about next. I know. We'll segue that from a championship fight Rivalry. to the uh, yeah, Ramon yeah, Nandiglo totally. connection. We'll do that next time. No worries, <laughs> All right, brother. Take care.